Hello, and welcome to another edition of Lit These Days. I'm Jessica. I'm Adam. And we're your hosts. And Adam had a very fun Labor Day weekend. It's Labor Day tomorrow for us. Not for you when you're listening to this. He went to a, a campground and had a fun time. You want to talk about I that? I did. <laughs> It was completely normal. The end. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> past couple times that we've met, I've like had some crazy story at the beginning of this, and and this one is no different. But it is related. It's spurred on by the book that I'm reading, which which really put me in the in the camping mood. I started Thursday by going up and, and hiking a little bit of the the Appalachian Trail with my wife, and then decided, hey, let's go camping. Let's take the kids camping because we've never actually taken them tent camping before. So we did that. There's a uh, there's a campground that I pass every day on my way to work. So I, I start up the mountain, and there's a sign that says Mountain Lake Campground. So I was like, cool, let's just do that. So I called them, and I asked if they had any spots available because, you know, it's Labor Day weekend. And then they said, oh, you just got the last one. I was like, great, here's my card. And then when I showed up, I passed the entrance because once you turn off to go up to Mountain Lake Campgrounds, the sign is says Mountain Lake Motel, and it's completely burnt out, and you can barely read it. I only I only noticed what it actually said upon turning around and rereading the sign. <laughs> so then you pull into what's essentially a little tiny neighborhood, a little cul-de-sac area, and we couldn't find anyone. Like, nobody was out. <laughs> we found the little motel area. There were a few cars. Nobody was there. And then finally, after we drove around, I think, three times and called and nobody answered, we found the office, which was a tiny little house uh, filled with stuff. Uh, the porch was filled with things. It's a house you would see on Hoarders, if you've ever <laughs> seen Hoarders. I've not, but I've I've heard stories, and I, I don't think I want to watch that show. Oh, it's great. It's a good show. <laughs> so, there's a side note. There's an episode where this guy is cleaning out his yard. And there's a homeless man that's been living in the yard and he's helping them clean this guy's yard out. And they interviewed the homeless man and he's like, I just really want this guy to get his life together. <laughs> oh my God. Well, at least he's a supportive. We love that. Yeah, him. very much so. Which is kind of what this campground reminded me of. <laughs> which I don't think was a real campground. So I walked up to the porch and it said, ring the bell. And it pointed to where the bell should be, but there was no bell. So I knocked <laughs> and then a lady kind of scooted out the door. Like she was, you know, trying to keep the dog away from her. She's like, oh, sorry, he's really loud. I hadn't heard any dog, <laughs> which was strange. So I was like, yeah, we're here. She's like, are you the one that paid or didn't pay? I'm like, we're the ones that paid. She's like, all right, well, we'll put you near the facilities. Not too near, but near the facilities. You got electric and water back there. There was a little post. So she was like, I'll walk. You just follow me. It's like, okay. So we slowly oh just followed this lady as she walked <laughs> past these these um, different campers that were in various states of, of disrepair. Uh, the two that were nearest our camp were like, they matched the campground aesthetic very well. They were just filled with, filled with junk. You oh could tell gosh. there were places where people went to work on their cars. And then back in the field, which was overgrown, there was a bunch of other ones that were just stored back there. But we didn't get that far. We got to the only place you could camp. You could maybe fit two. You could fit a bunch of tents, but it was essentially just a small little turnaround field. So really, there were only two spots and the other person never showed up. The lady that hadn't paid, <laughs> big surprise, didn't show up. And she's like, yeah, uh, 
uh, here you go. It's right here. And yeah, if you, uh, I asked if we, she had any firewood, which she was like, just get it out of the woods. Whatever falls down is yours. And I was like, wow, thanks. <laughs> and she said, don't take the treated wood though, because you don't want to burn that because it'll poison your children. And I was like, isn't okay. That, isn't is there crazy? a lot of treated wood back there? And there was because there used to be a shed right next to where we put our tent, but it was just the foundation of the shed. I'm sure a bunch of loose nails. Um, yeah, that was that was the campground. I'm glad. <laughs> I that... don't think this was a legal campground. <laughs> but what kind of, uh, I guess, what kind of things do you have to go through to make it a legal campground? I think you probably just need like some kind of business certification, which that I can't imagine they have. No, I yeah, I can't. No, I can't. It's just <laughs> no. It's it's just somebody's. <laughs> just somebody's property that they were renting oh and she was like there is a guy that lives up here that you could buy a firewood off of you usually has it um i don't know if she's like actually now that i think about it that guy drives through here really fast so make sure you stick to the one way with the cul-de-sac because like you just breathe you don't want your kids walking on there because he just like crazy how 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 he breezes through here and she's like but that other camper i don't think he's coming back tonight so you could take his firewood (laughs) like i'm not i'm not taking someone's firewood from up here (laughs) i wouldn't meet (laughs) this lady what was her name i have to put a i have to put a name to this person no idea never asked she didn't have a name tag on. She just had a T-shirt that was a mock-up of like an old uh, uh, soda can, like soda logo, <laughs> and it said "Throat Puncher." It said "Rebel Throat Puncher, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania." <laughs> oh my gosh! By the I... way, I don't live in Pennsylvania, so <laughs> that was strange. <laughs> I love, I love your story. I I love how you attract like these people, like with the with the um, car salesman person you were talking about last week. It's... <laughs> It's constant. It's constant. And sometimes I purposely, <laughs> I shouldn't, but I purposely like seek these things out because I'm like, well, there's a good story in there. Yeah. Like I was walking around in, in our old place when we lived out in the woods one day and I, and I had my headphones in and despite having my headphones in, I heard what, what sounded like thunder, but it was a clear blue day. And so I took the headphones out and I walked around the corner and this lady had like lost control of her car, I assumed, uh, going down the gravel road that comes down oh, from the top boy. of the mountain. And it was in a ditch. Like it was like nose down in the ditch, back tires lifted off of the road. And she's on her phone like halfway up the hill and she sees me and she runs back down and she's like, can you help me get it out? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I was like, I don't think you're getting it out, but sure. And I ran into the situation because I was like, I need to know more about this lady, which (laughs) I did because I then proceeded to hang out with her for the rest of the night while I waited for my AAA guy to to help her out. It's a story for another time. I draw these people in sometimes on purpose, sometimes (laughs) not on purpose. It was weird, but it was peaceful. It was nice. I Mm -hmm. mean, it was a good weekend when we did the AT like we did a trail it was very overgrown it's not the it's not the time of the year to do it so we only saw a couple other people we saw a cool like little rustic cabin that you can rent out that's like deep back in the woods and and you know it's fine we i i left the campground you know we were near our house we were 20 minutes away um so (laughs) so if we were murdered somebody would be able to find us And uh, so I, I went back to like the, the gas station and grabbed f- grabbed actual firewood and then brought it back. So yeah, you had to build a fire. Kids liked it. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah, that's always fun. That's always fun. I didn't do I didn't do much for the weekend. I have been kind of just like laying around for the sat the Saturday and Sunday to Sundays today. Yeah. And I'm getting very restless, so I think that once we finish recording, I'm going to go, like, clean a bunch of stuff. I'm getting bored. 
<laughs> that's what we've been been doing all day. That's always not fun. because I wanted to though. So not because I'm restless because I had to force myself to. Yeah, yeah. Cleaning is not fun, but if I'm bored enough, then it seems appetizing. I guess I don't know. <laughs> that's what I don't mind it because that's when I get my get my podcasts in, mm-hmm. get some audiobooks in. Well, I suppose that we should we should talk about books which is the reason yeah. why reason why everyone's here yeah. um, hey, my story ties in with my book i swear Ooh. yeah yeah um i actually okay so i know that we were gonna start reading the midnight library this week and let me tell you i did not know that it was so sad i started it and i was oh, like yeah. wow this is this is very sad and i was already in a sad mood and it just made it it just made it worse. So I was like, you know, I'm about 50 pages into this right now, and I don't know if I can keep going with it. So I did put it down. But our recommendation question that, well, the reason why I'm reading it is because we have a recommendation question coming up for it. Uh, that one's coming up next time. So I will read it. I'm in a better headspace now, so I feel like it'll be, it'll be fine. But what I'm trying to say is... Uh, I did not finish any books, but did you finish any books? Well, to, to piggyback off that, I started The Midnight Library, mm-hmm. um, but it took me longer to finish my other audio book than I thought it would. So I, I, I've read 20, 20 minutes of it. So I've, I've barely gotten gotten through anything. And, and yes, I can tell it's going to be very sad. The term depression core, I've heard uh, <laughs> refer to certain certain pieces of art before. So maybe it'll be a little little piece of depression core. Although I would say I, everyone I talk to feels very inspired by it. So mm-hmm. I would imagine they're, they either have a different definition of inspiration than I do, or <laughs> it turns around at yeah. some point. I've never heard of depression core before. I heard that um, describe Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is a super depressing anime series, and uh, Bo Burnham's new special. Basically anything that just wallows, any piece of art that wallows in depression. So like depression a little core. life, a little life would be would be in that in that category. Yeah. So I've yeah. not read that. My My boyfriend's mom, actually, last summer or something, I had bought that book because I wanted to write a blog post about it because I was confused as to why it's so popular if it's so sad and it just like makes you sad, right? So I was going to read it yeah. and it's so long. And I was like, <laughs> eh, I was like putting it off, whatever. And my boyfriend's mom, she's like, can I read it? And I was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And she read it in like a week, and it's it's like a nine hundred page book. And she read it. Oh my god! And she's been <laughs> she's been on me for like the past year to read it. I'm just like I just can't bring myself I can't bring myself to do it. It's too sad. It's yeah. much too sad. I don't know. When I get depressed, I I like to dive into those things. They make me feel better. So maybe maybe you have to be in a horror. Maybe you have to be in a worse. I'm not suggesting anything. <laughs> maybe you have to be in a worse mental state to enjoy it. Yeah, maybe. I I don't think I'll try that experiment, but yeah, but it's don't. a good suggestion. <laughs> don't. I don't. I don't recommend it. It's not. <laughs> it's helpful, but it'd be helpful not to be in that state in the first place. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I finished one. No, I guess I finished two books. I completely <laughs> discounted my audiobook, which was the her royal spiness, the first book of that that um, mystery series that I read for that recommendation last week or the week before two weeks ago two weeks ago and it was excellent uh, i even picked up the next book from the from the library oh love really that excited to um 
not read that and then keep it for longer than I need to and pay a fine. Um, but if I do get to it, I'm sure I will enjoy it because it was it was great. I was the perfect little I think cozy mystery is what we what we recommended what we recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she stuck the landing. She very very much stuck the stuck the landing with that. So didn't uh, you say there was like thirty of, books in that series or something? Fifteen. 15. 15. Okay. But it's so, still, yeah. but she has several series. Um, so I'm sure she's written up to 30 books before. Um, yeah, it's great. The whole second half is like people are, well, I guess th- quarter people are trying to, whoever the killer is, is constantly trying to kill the main character. Um, but she's never, never quite, it always comes off as an accident. She's never quite able to, to figure out who it was. And the first thing that happens, which is she falls out of a boat. <laughs> it actually was an accident because she's also accident prone. So everyone's like, well, I don't know. You're really, really kind of Clumsy. a klutz. Yeah. <laughs> like she, like she, you know, she trips over a string to fall down the stairs. Like there's all kinds of different accidents. Um, you know, there's the old the old arsenic comes comes into play you know it's a british mystery so that's a prerequisite is there has to be some something poisoned with arsenic that comes into play as well so hits everything if you like mysteries check it out strong female lead nice nice uh, yeah so but the the main book that i read was called outside lies magic regaining history and awareness in everyday places which is why i went outside this Labor Day weekend is because of this book. This is actually because of our experiment where we went through and we we checked out how many books we haven't read. This was one of the oldest books that I've had, and I've read it twice before. So I was like, well, all right. I defeated the purpose of trying to read more books from the from my not read pile. But I picked this one up and I read it for the third time. Um, and it's great. It is a it is a book that is simply about going outside and, and looking at things. That's it. <laughs> It's 200 pages of here's why you should go outside. Here's why you should look at things. And it kind of sets it up as it's narrating you as the explorer. So like the explorer goes and and looks at these power lines. And this is what the explorer thinks about and realizes from the power lines. And it's it's all about how you look at the mundane and the everyday that nobody, you know, takes care to look at. And you can actually learn a lot about like the way the the country is is set up and the history of, of how things are run. And I read this in high school, um, a man named Michael Sims, who is, he wrote, he's written a bunch of different books. Uh, Adam's Navel was his first book. It was a New York Times uh, notable book. And it was like the cultural and scientific history of the body from head to toe. And his first several books were this kind of like intersection of art and science. And he lived in my small town of, of Greensburg, Virginia. Oh, that's cool. Greensburg, Pennsylvania, not Greensburg, Virginia. I live in Virginia now. And he he did all his research for this book at the local library where I was. Uh, and he also needed somebody to mow his lawn. So I mowed his lawn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably haven't seen him in like seven or eight years. But when we moved here, he would go to like the Virginia Festival of the Book. So we would we would go and see him and be like, hey, do you remember me? And he's like, of course, let's go get ice cream. And then we'd talk for like several hours about books. It's one what of those people of, where. What kind of ice cream did he get? That's the important question. Uh, frozen one of those frozen yogurt bar places so you mix everything together so i don't know i wasn't paying attention (laughs) uh but he's one of the he's one of the nicest dudes he's he's awesome he's very sweet his his writing is superb um and i say that even outside of knowing him his 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 writing's really good uh and and this was a book that he he gave me i think he wrote in the front of it yeah he did this book opened my eyes even more to this fascinating world and there's a bug smashed in the front of this book, so that's unfortunate. Oh, I thought that maybe he did that on purpose, like in nature. It, it kind of looks something. like it. Like it's 
perfectly perfectly like preserved in there so that's how long i've had this book that that bug's probably from the early 2000s um but it's great it gets the writing gets a little overwrought by the end because it, it kind of it drags a bit because you're like i get the point <laughs> I, get, mm-hmm. I get your thesis go outside there's magic there um but it's really cool it's full of these small little tidbits of like if you have a compass with you and and you uh, if you you go to what do they call them like an electrical substation like you'll see that it messes with the magnet so it'll always point to that substation the closer oh. you get to the substation which I thought was cool. Um, talks about like, you know, why most rural ground is rectangular because you can, you know, easily turn around. Less less time turning around to plow the fields and whatnot, which is one of the ground rules of owning land, which is where the term ground rules come oh, from. Cool. Yeah. And I, I, I guess at some point, I always forget that I, I've read this book, but I do things that this book talks about all the time. Like I'm constantly, whenever I'm out looking at like the trees along power lines and seeing how they're cut, because you can kind of tell like, oh, is this is this just a phone line or is this a, a power line that's going to set set things on fire if anything happens? Because those are the ones that are like crazy pruned back. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of seeing how, how the, the, the infrastructure messes with the natural environment um, i'm constantly looking at and i just always forget that it it came from this book that's where that interest came from nice nice i'm i'm impressed that like you knew the author i i that's always been like a like something i thought would be like really cool is to just know an author but i've never met one in real life before but i guess like the closest interaction i've ever had with an author is that uh saba tahir she wrote one of my favorite uh young adult fantasy series and ember in the ashes really great series if you haven't checked it out but uh i messaged her on instagram and i was just like i just wanted you to know that like i never reread books but this is like my third time rereading your series because i loved it so much and she actually responded to me and then oh, i that's asked awesome. her yeah i asked her a question because i knew that she wrote for the huffington post a long time ago and i was just like kind of asking her about like that experience and and she actually like had thoughtful things to say and it wasn't like a a quick little like one sentence response she like actually sent me like a whole paragraph back so she's awesome i like her yeah that's so cool and i i always want to do that like just send i've done it on occasion where i've sent letters to authors but i don't know it's kind of intimidating (laughs) yeah i mean yeah yeah i get it that's really cool so outside is magic. Um, unfortunately, it's out of print. It's long out of print. I think you can find a used copy pretty easily, but new copies are a little, little hard to come by. And again, it's very like it's the minutia of everyday life. So if you're not into that, then um, I would maybe steer clear of this one. Although, if I could read something very, very quickly, and then I will stop mm-hmm. blabbering about this book. Um, So this comes from the end of the book, and this is, again, it kind of sums up what you're getting into here. Discovering bits and pieces of peculiar idiosyncratic importance in everyday metropolitan landscapes scrapes away the deep veneer of programmed learning that overlies and smothers the self-directed learning of childhood and adolescence. That's such a great line right there. Yeah. Making some idiosyncratic pattern of the bits and pieces shatters the veneer and enables the walker or bicyclist to navigate according to landmarks and inklings and constellations wholly personal. Abandoned commercial greenhouses, outcroppings of igneous rock, maybe first-rate and second-rate ice cream stores, whatever the concatenation, I always struggle with that word, of fragments become a skein into which new fragments fall into place. 
Exploring, discovering walker or bicyclist creates a personal whole, realizes the relations of railroad rights of way and telephone poles, of wholesale grocery warehouses and mom and pop grocery stores, of political edges versus edges of watersheds. Nothing profound, nothing earth shattering, but everything fitting into a private worldview. So there you go. Nothing earth shattering, nothing profound. I love his That's diction. That's what you It's good. The, his word choice yeah. is is awesome. There's not there's not a ton of that. He definitely has a few words though where I'm like, ooh, I've heard that one before, but I don't remember what it means. <laughs> no, it's always sometimes it's embarrassing too. Like if you if you've only ever read a word and you have mm. a, a pronunciation in your head, and then like you say it out loud in like a conversation, and they're like. That's not how you pronounce that word. That actually happened to me the other day because we went to a comedy club and they had like on the menu, they had this word. It's like I knew what the definition of it was. It's like a cup, like a a larger cup type type deal, but it's spelled C-A-R-A-F-E. And I've always thought that you pronounce that word carafe. I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's like French or something. And my boyfriend's like, are you sure? Are you sure that's how you say that? I'm pretty sure it's carafe. And I was like, no, it's not. And then I like Googled it and I was like, oh boy. And I was an English major. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) I used to think, I used to think segue and segue were different words that meant the same thing. (laughs) I love that. Turns out, listeners, they're not different words. They're the same word. (laughs) but what can, what can you do? What can yeah, you do? That's fine. My dad once ordered a hot dog called. He was like, "Could I have the?" They were all named after different dogs. And he was like, "Could I have the Chihuahua?" And the guy was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Dad, it's Chihuahua." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And no, yeah, I feel like I've also had that same like issue pronouncing that that word um, yeah. when I was younger. And then I, if if it was not a type of dog. There's no way I would be able because it's a, it's also a uh, a state in Mexico, yeah. so yeah. yeah. Words are weird. That's enough about that. You heard I'll, it here first. <laughs> I'll talk about the book that I'm currently reading because I don't have anything that I finished. Um, I started reading The Heart Principle by Helen Huang, and this cover is so cute there's like a um a lady on the front and then there's a a guy on a motorcycle and then like there's tire tracks that go in a heart around her i think this this cover is so cute i'll have to post something on our instagram about it um some solid graphic design there i i love the current like romantic uh romantic novel covers i think they're so cool but so this this book is written by the same person who wrote the kiss quote the kiss quotient and the bride test. I don't know if you've ever heard of those before, but they're very popular romance books. Uh, I read the kiss quotient at the beginning of the year, and I really liked it. And I also liked that it had um, disability rep in it. So there's there the main character. She has autism. Is it autism or Asperger's? I think it's autism. Uh, they're currently, I don't know when the book was published, but currently Asperger's has been removed as a term. So it's like okay. high level. I think it's high functioning autism is, is what it would be referred to as now. Okay. Okay. I did not know that. Thank you. Um, There's a new DSM six, seven. I don't know. 
Okay. I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> have to look it up later. Um, but anyway, so there's a lot of, um, of things about how like she goes through the world and she's, she's very successful at her job and and she works as a like data analyst for for uh, a marketing company so she determines like what what things are popular and what they should um be selling more of and anything but that's in that's in the kiss quotient that's a different book than what i'm reading right now but i would definitely say that that's worth your time if you want to go read that um but the heart principle follows a side character in the kiss quotient book so this side character is now the main character in this the heart principle so the main character's name is kwan dip and i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right it's d-i-e-p and he has just recovered from cancer not too long ago and he meets this girl named anna's son who is a very like anxious person she's a violinist for the san francisco orchestra and she even had a whole record deal for herself at at one point because she is a very good violinist but she's recently lost her ability to perform so she took a a leave of absence from the orchestra and then we also get a little background into she's been with this guy for five years and then all of a sudden he comes out and he says that he knows that Anna is the one that he's gonna marry but he wants to see other people and have an open relationship before he proposes just so he can make sure that she's the one which i think is really shitty but you know whatever um so so she anna she's like okay well you do you then i'm gonna go sleep with someone else so (laughs) that's where where kwan comes in is they meet each other on a dating app and then they they end up together and that's that's all I know so far. They they're just on their they were supposed to go on a date, and then uh, Anna got like super anxious, and then she hid from him in the bathroom for half an hour, and then <laughs> when she was leaving, they ran into each other, and then they are trying again the next day to do to redo the date and all this stuff, and then that doesn't go well, and then ne- the next weekend they're trying for their third date, the, for the first time. Um, and I have not gotten to that yet, but it is coming. So I'm I'm about halfway through it right now. I'm always impressed by the set. Like whenever you describe the setup of a modern romance novel, I'm like, that sounds great. And I rarely ever go read one, <laughs> but I'm always like, they are very cleverly set up. Yeah, I think that you would like the dating plan that I talked about a while ago because uh, – there's a, there's a lot of I know that in in your books that you like to like the romance books that you sometimes read you like to have like the the steamy scenes and that one has really a lot of steamy scenes so I think that you would like that one. Cool, yeah. I guess my romance I like I like the classical romance and then just my regular books just throw the steamy scenes in there. But yeah. throw them in everything, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm reading. Hopefully, I'll fin- I, I'm sure I'll finish it by by next week. I like it so far, and I think that there's also going to be a little bit of that disability representation that comes in because Anna sees a therapist. It's in dual POVs, but Anna sees a therapist. Um, so we get her like point of view of her talking to this therapist and her therapist is like, oh, I, I think that you might be on the autism spectrum. So that's just starting to come into play there. But I'm excited to dive into that more a little bit. Yeah, that's really cool. I've read a, a few books 
I don't know if I've ever read anything fiction-wise with, with somebody with specifically Asperger's, or at least referred to it at the time. And those are always very interesting reads because you can really get into the headspace, which which I feel like is hard to convey. We've talked about gain, gaining more empathy through through reading fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's where that really comes in, is is getting in the headspace of, of a person and understanding what's going on. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the book, but Augustine Burroughs' brother wrote a book like that it was his memoir and he he's on the spectrum um and that was i think it was called don't look me in the eye or something like that mm-hmm. i'll look it up but yeah all for that definitely all for that awesome. is it i feel like it's been a while since you've read a romance book i could be wrong though yeah it has been and honestly i was just in such a i don't know i was in a rut this week for some reason and so i was like i need to read something light and so i was like well romance book always always does the trick so i so you're I like midnight up. library and then you're like never mind <laughs> no i did not realize that it was gonna be so sad so i like yeah. to i like to go into books just it, not knowing anything about it and so i was like starting starting to read it and like the first line was that was the main character decided she was gonna die or like 19 hours before she decided to die and i was like oh boy oh boy yeah. i don't know about this <laughs> and then very shortly thereafter she like she's let go from her job because she frowns too much yeah you know, like, that's that's really sad <laughs> yeah like i would be fired from all my jobs if that were the <laughs> that were the case me too i do i do definitely have an rbf my kids sometimes have been like how's you all right like, yeah why you look, you look pissed. It's, oh, that's my reading face. <laughs> I'm enjoying what I'm reading. You know I'm enjoying it because I look furious. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like my boyfriend will take photos of me when I'm reading and my brow is all furrowed and I'm like, wow, I, I get why people don't approach me in public. Wow. <laughs> I have that additional problem of, of sounding sarcastic when I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah. Well, decent week for reading then and mm-hmm. starting a book. That sounds really good. I might add that to my uh, want to read list. Yeah. Yeah. What are what are you currently reading? I'm at another one of those points where like I kind of finished something up. I had just started the Midnight Library. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I've read. I, so <laughs> part of the, I think you know this. Part of the reason why I didn't finish my audiobook as quickly as I would like to is Kanye West's new album came out. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I want to watch. I want to listen to that train wreck go by. <laughs> and I made it through four tracks. Um, so I've been reading a lot of uh, music criticism, mm-hmm. uh, reviews of, of that album. Um, and I forgot how much I like music criticism. There's some really good stuff. Stuff out there. Uh, Pitchfork in particular, who is typically kind of, uh, I feel like they give Kanye too much credit on some of his stuff. Um, they, they did not mince words with this one. Uh, and just reminded me like Pitchfork has Pitchfork has some really, really good music criticism out there. They're always worth a read. I think they post like a couple album reviews a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should, I should introduce you to the the lead editor of Stanchion Magazine. I actually interviewed him on this podcast before you came on. I think it was like the second or third episode. If anyone wants to go listen to that episode, it's called Two Editors Talking About Stuff and Things the very, <laughs> at the very beginning. Uh, but he actually, he's like a freelance writer. He's been published in in very big magazines. And, and some things that he does is he writes music uh criticism so i should introduce Hmm. you to him but also i wanted to say that i heard on the radio that when i was driving to work the other day that peppa pig came out with an album and it did better than the (laughs) kanye west album i thought that was funny yeah i heard that too i think npr npr put that together dude oh it's so bad (laughs) it's so bad 
Why is it bad? It's an hour and 47 minutes of long to start. <laughs> so, and keep in mind, again, I only got through five tracks. It is so overproduced. It is so long. Um, stuff needs to be trimmed back. Like he, it's, it's called Donda, named after his mother. So it's like a tribute album to his mother, which is fucking weird because he put like Marilyn Manson and Baby on it yeah. and like all, oh, Chris Brown's on it. <laughs> like oh all gosh. kinds of people who weren't favorable towards women in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, he decided to put them, to put them on it uh and the opening track has oh, i forget what her name is selena something selena gomez not selena gomez but know. she's on his first album and she's she sings the chorus to um all falls down which is a superb top-notch kanye west song um so he has her sing the first track which is just her repeating donda 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 <laughs> that's donda. that's it that's the whole thing. That's it. It's the whole thing. Second track, Jay Z comes in and he just sounds tired. Like he really sounds like like I'm contractually obligated as a friend of Kanye West to appear on this album. Oh, no. Like and he mentions too, like could this be the second Watch the Throne, which was their like duo album? But he just sounds so unenthusiastic about it. And as he that probably happened, saw like, he probably saw the writing on the wall. He was like, "This is not going to be a good album." Yeah. It, absolutely. I think it was The Guardian or The Independent gave it zero out of five stars. Oh, yikes. Um, for the inclusion of Marilyn Manson. That's completely unacceptable um, because it, it is. And to, to realize that the album is an hour and 47 minutes long. Um, and he's on a track where you can't even tell he's on it. Like he could have just been easily cut out. You want to know the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very unacceptable that he's he's on the album as well as others yeah yeah and the baby is he's he's the homophobic guy right i don't really know too much about him yeah he made some i don't know the exact comments but i think while he was working with an hiv awareness organization he made very derogatory comments and you know you get the typical like non-apology out of someone he has buju banton on here who like his first hit single was very homophobic. I'll cut him some slack with that one because like that was like guy was like 16. He was in Jamaica. He he's he's pulled that that album completely. Like you can't purchase it anymore. And he did that a long time ago. Um, not to not to excuse the behavior, but at least there's like you've like Marilyn Manson and baby. This the shit's like right now. Yeah. <laughs> like and also like there's a difference between a remark. And a sexual assault allegation. Mm-hmm. Or, or, I'm sorry, investigation. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just, it's very, very problematic. Um, and then ABC reviewed it favorably and was like, oh, yeah, Marilyn Manson. Like, he's in there as, like, you know, that complex kind of, like, dualistic. And I was like, no. Okay, ABC News, you're uh, you're going down a dark path here. <laughs> written by a written by a male journalist. It was, it was probably written by Kanye West. Probably. But yeah, maybe I I do I feel bad for Kim Kardashian for uh, <laughs> for yeah. having to be with him. Oh boy. Well, yeah, he's he's a train wreck. And I listened to it not because like I knew I was gonna be you know to make fun of it. I really genuinely love like, like Kanye West's music, but no, not no, not this, not this. And unfortunately, like it's and I feel bad that I contributed to this, but you know drop in the ocean like it's his it's his like 10 i think he has nine albums at 10 albums out and it's his like ninth or tenth number one mm. like hit record he tied with eminem again probably because so many people were hate listening to it is that what 
you mean well i think it's like it has this weird history of like he's he's been having these listening parties which are like multi-million dollar affairs they're full concerts and he's done like three of them and the album hasn't dropped and then apparently it dropped early like without his approval or so he says so like it's just been this like is he going to put it out? Also, what the hell is it going to be? Like his last two albums have been, he's in his like Bob Dylan, you know, Christian phase, right? That's the other thing too. Like it doesn't, it's got all these problematic people on it. Um, and it doesn't, there's no swear words in it because mm. he's vowed never to swear in his music anymore, which has this, well, that's fine, but it's, it's weird. Cause then they like, they have to like, I don't know, state inappropriate things in a different manner than just getting to the, getting oh, to the point. Oh God. It's yeah. a mess. It is a wreck. This is the this sums it up from from the uh, the Pitchfork review. It's one hour and forty eight minute runtime includes euphoric highs that lack connective tissue, a data dump of songs searching for a higher calling. I so. wish I could write like that. That that's very concise. Very. Is, I like that it, sentence. Pitchfork frequently when I read their reviews, I'm like, this is just good writing. I might mm. not even listen to this album, but I'm glad I read this review. Yeah. Exactly. I should have just stuck to the review on that one. <laughs> this was, and I, I didn't even like go to look at reviews first. I listened to it and like five tracks in, I was like, am I missing something here? Let me check the, let me check the news. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. No, I'm not missing anything. Well, I, I will not be listening to that, that album. I can tell Don't. you that right now. <laughs> I guess we can move on from, from, from music talk and go into our book recommendation question that we have um so this question is from anonymous and they say i really love layered books that are intricate but moving plots like richard powers overstory or david mitchell's cloud atlas and jacob dezoit can you recommend a good book that is set up this way a a book that is layered but moving so i actually chose two fantasy books for this recommendation question i don't i know that the books that are mentioned in in the question aren't fantasy so if you're listening to this and you don't like fantasy don't hate me i'm doing my i'm doing my best here (laughs) the the (laughs) first one that i chose was shocker another recommendation for the city we became by nk jemison because i love nk jemison (laughs) i love this book so The premise of the story is that each city is born, and when a city is being born, it chooses one person to become its avatar to help it through its transition. And this this book is set in New York City, and New York City is being born. And this one actually, it chooses six people to be its avatars instead of one person. So it's one for each borough, and then one person to represent the city as a whole. And all these six people, they have to find each other while simultaneously fighting a woman in white who is trying to keep the city from being born. So that's the main pro- plot of it. But I also appreciate that N.K. Jemison talks a lot about social justice issues in the book. Specifically, she talks a lot about racism and how the police profile people of color. There is, so Staten Island, I didn't know this before I read the book, but Staten Island is pretty much known for its people being very racist and, and very um, conservative. And one of the the avatars that was chosen, her dad is a policeman and he's the things that he says about people of color and like profiling people very disgusting so i i really like that nk jemison comes out and and talks about that stuff and she also 
There's also the, you know, like black is usually the color of evil and then white is like the, the, uh, the, the good guy. Well, the woman in white is the bad guy. And then, you know, I, I really liked that. She kind of switched that around a little bit. Um, but yeah, so that is a book that I would recommend for this. Awesome. I struggled a little bit with this one because I feel like I have plenty of things to recommend that are, you know, surrealistic, but they don't necessarily interlock with each other. <laughs> like a lot of threads that don't combine and don't go anywhere. Also, I haven't read. Have you read Cloud Atlas? I have not read Cloud Atlas. I have not. So I've added that to my to my to read list. Um, but but I do feel like there's there's a couple. The first thing that came to mind was uh, Lincoln in the Bardo by George Saunders. But I haven't actually read Lincoln in the Bardo yet. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's sitting on my on my desk. Do you know much? Do you know anything about this one? I don't. I don't. So it's it's essentially it's after Lincoln's uh, son dies, um, and there's a there's a religious tradition called the the Bardo, which is a kind of purgatory, and he's he's like there um and and it takes place through that so you get the historical aspect which my understanding of um david mitchell is that he has the the, the thousand autumns of jacob dezoit is a historical fiction novel so you get that aspect of it but you also get these different narratives that go into it which i thought was that was really cool so um i'll recommend that with the caveat of i haven't actually read that one uh and then the other thing i thought of was the dark tower series by stephen king i hate to also recommend fantasy um because i have a couple in here but that's another one too where like you talk about interlocking threads like it interlocks throughout stephen king's entire universe but you don't necessarily have to have a knowledge of like the other books to to get that they're just kind of easter eggs um but essentially it it follows the the gunslinger um who is on a mission to um hunt down this guy named randall flag for unknown reasons uh and across the course of i think seven books those reasons become clearer and clearer but the writing is very out there with a lot of things it's one of those books where stuff will happen where you're like that was cool why in the world did that happen and it comes back oh i love that yeah. And eventually it gets to the point, too, where like Stephen King starts to write the actual like he's traveling into different worlds. And that's one of the the through lines there is in the first book. There's a main character uh, who's about to die. And he says, like, go, go. Then there's other worlds than these. And then he falls and he dies. And that character eventually returns like in other worlds Uh, and stephen king eventually writes himself into the story because the characters arrive in the in our actual world world and that all ties in with what happens at the ending of the series so really really cool series the fourth one is my favorite the fourth one is very very straightforward fantasy um but the emotional heft uh, is very, very moving with that. And I've read that one twice. I would read that one again, just pull it out out of order. It's called Wizard in Glass. It's the fourth one. And I believe it would make it would make sense on its own. Uh, it's essentially, it's all of the main characters are traveling through like the world of the stand, which there's been a plague that's wiped out most of humanity. And they sit down and the, and the main character, the gunslinger, tells them a story of his past. And it's the fourth book and we haven't really gotten his background. And it's this perfect self-contained like emotionally heavy hitting story very very good so i definitely recommend that one that sounds like something i would be super interested in but also i'm assuming that it's very horror and and gory and and things like that no it's not if you read the first one (laughs) 
Yes. First one's not like horror. It's not scary, but there's there's it's called the gunslinger. So like mm-hmm. there is a very graphic shootout scene. And, and there are things in the in the novels that are that are very graphic, but it's it never hits the horror hard. Um, it is very dark fantasy driven. Um, I think I think you could definitely weather it. It gets creepy. It certainly gets creepy. Um, the third book in particular, they're they're on this thing called Blaine the Mono, which is this like um, it's this mo- monorail that basically ha- it's a sentient being that they become trapped on, and it's also shown up in these like children's books that they've run into. Other characters have run into that are really really creepy. Uh, that's about the worst of it, really. Okay, my I my boyfriend has been getting more into reading fiction and and he's reading the Shadow and Bone series right now. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it, they had a Netflix series that just came out and it, that it's more like fantasy focused. So maybe I'll make him read it as like a guinea pig, and then he can tell me if I should read it or not because he knows he knows what I can and cannot handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Again, I will say the first one might be a little rough, but it's very intriguing. Like the gunslinger is one where you're like, you feel like you want to read more because you don't really know exactly what just happened. But it was it was so descriptively awesome. And keep in mind, I don't love Stephen King, <laughs> but the Dark Tower series, I would reread that multiple, multiple times. Um, the other one that I thought of is another dark fantasy, but it's set in our world. It's called Weave World, which I think you would like in particular. It's okay. by Clive Barker. I've never um, heard of that before. It's great. It's it's basically there. There's this race of fairies, essentially, who they're being hunted down by what's called the scourge. So again, it's your typical like good and evil. But to hide from them, they weave themselves into a rug, and that rug is provided to a human caretaker. So they're like completely gone from this world um, until, of course, the main, the unassuming main character of the novel stumbles upon this this rug and, and, and frees some of them and the scourge becomes aware that they exist and tries to hunt them down. I'm always down for a good fae fairy book. I One of my favorite books or series of all time is the A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Mass. And that has everything to do with fae and fairies. So that does seem up my alley. There you go. There you go. So Dark Tower series, Stephen King, Wizard and Glass in particular, Weave World, Clive Barker, um, and Lincoln and the Bardo. I feel like I know enough about it that I can recommend it without having read it because it's it's definitely up there on my short list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I had I had one other uh, book to recommend, and this, I've been talking about this book. I talked about it like on three different episodes. So sorry, everyone. You have to listen to me talk about it again. <laughs> but uh, this book is Foundry Side by Robert Jackson Bennett. This book follows the main character named Sanchia, and she's a thief in this world where uh, things are scribed. And what scribing is, is if you take an object, like a wheel, you can put some markings on it, and you can convince it that it's going downhill. And so it'll just keep turning. Or you could take a piece of wood and convince it that it's a piece of stone to make your houses stronger. But so Sanchia, like I mentioned, she's the main character. She's a very poor person in this world. And she has the ability to talk to these objects, described objects, because she herself is a scribed person. And she's, as far as she knows, as far as I know, and I've finished the first book in the series, she's the only scribed person that exists in this world. So she uses her ability to steal things and 
She gets an assignment to steal. It's one very valuable thing, but she doesn't know what it is when she's stealing it. She just wants to steal it, get paid, and just live in peace for the rest of her life because this is going to be a big payday for her. But then she gets sucked into a very elaborate political scheme, and then she has to help very powerful people keep this object away from other very powerful people who would use it for evil. There's also a hint at a sapphic romance that'll come later in the series. So I'm excited to read the rest of the series. I think there's three or four books that, that are in the series. So it is kind of like the um, layered, intricate, what was a very like fast-paced plot, kind of what this person is looking for. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll throw in there briefly. I wouldn't like I took I took moving as like emotionally moving. Is that what you mm. took that as? I thought it was, you know, that makes more sense that that you're saying that. Uh, and I probably would have changed my recommendations if I would have thought it that way. But I thought it was moving like like fast paced. OK, so <laughs> this is how exhausted I am. So mini production meeting, everybody who's listening, uh, <laughs> when you read it and said moving, I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> that might mean emotionally moving, um, which is why I threw in like Lincoln and the Bardo. I kind of changed what my recommendation was, but I'll throw this one in there because it's fast paced. It's moving. It doesn't seem like the things that are in it are going to connect and they eventually do. And that's uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Are you aware of this book? No, but I. It reminds me. His name reminds me of Dirk Bentley, who is a country <laughs> artist. Very different. Very, very different. <laughs> it's by Douglas Adams. It's the guy who wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, and it. Hear me out, because it's not. It's not really a detective story. In fact, the back of this old paperback says, "There's a long tradition of great detectives." All cap or not all caps, but capitalized. And Dirk Gently does not belong to it. We <laughs> <laughs> love that. Yeah, so there's uh, there's a professor who performs an actual magic trick, which is like he makes a salt shaker disappear, and then it shows up in this like ancient pot that's never been opened before. Hmm. And then there's a robotic monk who's on another planet, stranded on another planet with his horse, and they open a door and they end up on Earth. And uh, they accidentally, not accidentally, he misunderstands something and ends up killing somebody because oh. of it. And this causes the guy who did the magic trick, his pupil, I don't remember why, it's been a long time since I've read it, he becomes the number one suspect. Also, there's a ghost of somebody that the monk, the guy that the monk murders, his ghost like <laughs> is wandering around trying to make contact with the living. And then there's a guy who just inexplicably starts becoming like obsessed with Samuel Taylor Coleridge for no reason at all. And finally, there's the titular character who's Dirk Gently, and he's not a normal private eye he's a holistic one which means he believe he deeply believes in the interconnectedness of everything and that's how he solves his cases and when you meet him his his case that he's currently working on is he's trying to find a cat just somebody's cat's missing he's trying <laughs> to find their, their missing cat <laughs> so, so the murder suspect goes to him for for help uh and all of those threads eventually come together in the end so if you're looking for if, whatever way you take moving if you take it as fast paced Go with this one. That's the book that I prepped to talk about, not the other ones that I threw in there because <laughs> I thought maybe moving meant emotionally moving. Yeah, no. Yep. Yep. That makes total sense. And I am just, my, my critical thinking hat is not on me today as, as far as I am aware. 
I'm probably misreading it again because <laughs> I described my weekend at the beginning of this. So I like fully prepared notes. And then you said moving. And I was like, shit, that might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, um, we'll have to if the person who is who asked this question of us is listening to us talk and is just like, what the what the heck are they doing? Just email us and, and we'll fix it for you. <laughs> we'll redo it for you. Don't worry. One of our recommendations is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that brings us to the, the end of our episode. We really appreciate everyone for listening. And if you want to check out our Discord or our Instagram, I'll have those linked in the show notes below. And we can always use more people to ask us for recommendation questions. You can literally ask us for anything and we will recommend you a book to to fit to fit whatever you're asking us for so yeah check that out in in the show notes and yeah just thanks everyone so much for listening see you internet people